Welcome to Questions About Heaven, a podcast about giving Bible answers to our questions about the afterlife with God. Each week we seek to answer real-life questions with biblical answers about the life beyond this world. Now, here's your host, Brad Zockel. Good day to you. This is Brad Zockel, and we are in the Questions About Heaven broadcast. As we have our podcast together here talking about Revelation chapter 13, I first of all want to thank you for your encouragement, your prayers, and your support. By your generous giving, we now have the insulation going up in the barn. I'm actually recording this podcast in the barn right now. The doors are open. I'm looking out over the uh, landscape here. And it is a beautiful, beautiful day, and I'm so, so thankful for the fact that within a calendar year, we have been able to take this decrepit building, put subflooring down, we have insulation on the sidewalls complete, and now then I have uh, some help with me tomorrow putting the insulation up on the ceiling. We're getting there. We are recording, though, now in here. From now on, I'll be doing all the recording here in our barn, and I want to thank you so much for making it possible that we're able to have a place where we can dedicate my books and my studies, and also a place where I can have the microphones and the recording studio. As we keep building and you watch the online classes, you'll see us slowly uh, finishing up the barn out here, and so it is an exciting time here. But you've come to be able to see and hear uh, more of in the scriptures study our study on Revelation chapter 13, which indeed is not serene, is not pastoral in its presentation. This is a very violent chapter. It's a very, very harsh chapter, but it's a necessary chapter when we're talking about the ultimate vindication of God. God the Father, Yahweh, the the righteous judge, as he is putting forth his glory through his judgment and his might and his power, We see the enemy trying to fight him in every way possible through this seven-year period in the midst of the satanic running of the earth during this time known as the thlipsis is the pronunciation of the word in the Greek, meaning the pressure. It has been known in the English-speaking world as the tribulation. The length of it, if we were to use earthly years as we see, it is seven years long. Sometimes you'll see in the scripture it will say time, times and half a time. If you add it up, that's one plus two plus a half. That's three and a half. And that would be talking about the three and a half year break before the extreme violence happens. And it will use other terms there as well to let you know the entirety of this time is seven years. It's known as the tribulation. During this time, there is the introduction of one who We don't have the particular name, the specific name, the earthly surname, anything like that. But it's identified symbolically as a beast. The dragon stood on the sand of the seashore, it says in verse 1. Then I saw a beast coming up out of the sea, intimating that the dragon is making this happen. Coming up out of the sea, having ten horns, seven heads, and on his horn were ten diadems. And if you'd like to know the symbolism of that, if you'll listen to my earlier podcasts, I go through the numerology and the symbology of that. Now, today we're going into verse 8 and moving as far as I can in the time allotted here. And so I want to give you an idea of the activity of this Antichrist, this human form 
of the satanic power in going rebelling against the Lord. This is a false messiah, as I have told you, that anti means has two meanings here. Anti can mean against, and it can mean instead of. So you have an instead of Christ. You have a false messiah coming up here, and indeed, turning the hearts of people, the people of the earth following him. It says in verse 7, it was given to him to make war with the saints, and the saints would be the Christians, and to overcome them. And authority over every tribe and people and tongue and nation was given to him. We keep seeing the allowance of this happening. He is not omnipotent. Uh, He cannot do this on his own. All who dwell, here we go, verse 8, all who dwell on the earth will worship him. Everyone whose name, this is the qualifier now, everybody, that is, whose name has not been written from the foundation of the world in the book of life of the Lamb, who has been slain. If anybody has an ear, let him hear. If anybody is destined for captivity, to captivity he goes. If anybody kills with the sword, with the sword he must be killed. Here is the perseverance and the faith of the saints. And so we're seeing this. The beast comes out of the sea. He's making this worldwide power grab. And let's take a look and let's start going through. As we've been going through Revelation verse by verse, let's continue on and do just that as we're going into our study. Let's look and see what the scripture will tell us about this, this part. When it says, all who dwell on the earth, this is referring to those who have the passion for the cosmos, all right, uh, for the world system. Luke 21, 35, it'll come upon all those who dwell on face of the earth. What are we talking about here? Well, the four books of the Bible that talk about the uh, biographical background of Jesus are known as the Gospels. And when we go to uh, Luke, and we're looking in Luke chapter 21, it is referring to the return of Christ. And it tells us there that there will be signs in the sun and moon and stars and on the earth dismay among the nations in perplexity at the roaring of the sea and of the waves, men fainting from fear. And we talked about that Greek uh, passage there. They were literally having a stroke. They were dying. That's what that fainting, that word is. And the expectation of the things which are coming upon the world for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. And right then, if you will take a look in this passage, look at verse 34. Be on guard, your hearts will not be weighed down, and this is talking about the return of Christ, with drunkenness, dissipation, worries of life, and that day will not come upon you suddenly like a trap, for it will come upon all those who dwell on the face of all the earth. Do you see what it's saying? Those whose mind and heart is in the world system are going to be entrapped with this too, and that's what happens here. All who dwell on the earth, same reference, same type of presentation of the language, All those who dwell on the earth will worship him, whose names have not been written in the book of the life of the Lamb. Well, this is a pretty, pretty, uh, very, very strong, striking statement here. All of these people within the world system, they are going to be the ones who are going to be worshiping this Antichrist. We see this reference to those who dwell on the earth. We have already seen those whose citizenship is in heaven, as it says in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 20, are not the ones of the earth. Oh, they live on this globe, 
but they are not of the world system. Remember Philippians 3.20? Our citizenship, Christian, is in heaven, for which also we eagerly await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, these ones don't. They want all of their satisfaction, their glory, uh, all of their power to be here on earth. Then it says they will worship him. Now, in chapter 14, if we jump over to chapter 14, you're going to look in there, and there is a condemnation for this action. The ones who love this world system, verses 9 through 11 says, Then a third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast and his image and receives his mark on his forehead or on his hand, he himself shall also drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out full strength into the cup of his indignation. If you've been with me in an earlier podcast, I talked about the winemaking process in those days in which the dilution was a common thing, and even non-biblical sources say people did not drink fermented grape juice that oinos in its full strength. This was irresponsible. It was always diluted with water from the amphorae, from the pitchers. Uh, There would be a water mixture in there, and so it might be water to the fermented wine of four to one, five to one. In some cases, it was seven and eight to one uh, on there. But to be as little as one uh, part water to one part wine, uh, that was almost unheard of. But to drink it full strength, Well, that was the sign of someone who couldn't control themselves. And that's what's talking about. It's so powerful. Look at what it says here. Those who will partake in rebellion by worshiping one other one shall drink. Look at the symbolism here. Of the wrath of of God, which is poured out full strength into the cup. They will become partakers of the wine of the wrath of God. Continuing reading in Revelation 14, he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels, in the presence of the lamb, and the smoke of their torment ascends forever and ever. And they have no rest day or night who worship the beast in his image, whoever receives the mark of his name. We find this quite striking. The rebellion against God, the ones who would follow uh, the image of, follow the Antichrist, will have no rest in their judgment in chapter 14, verses 9 through 11. Isn't that something? Because when we look in Revelation 14, 13, what does it say about the believers? They do have rest. Blessed are those who die in the Lord, for they shall rest from their labors. What a contrast within a handful of verses here. And these ones whose names have not been written in the book of life of the Lamb. When we've talked about this, I want to remind you about this because we have Uh, There has been a lot of discussion about this in my classes online about this. When we see that in Revelation chapter 3, we see in Sardis the warning, you can have your name blotted out of the book of life. And what it's saying here, uh, we we see this. When we talk about the book of life, we see the reference here uh, on there. We see the book of the life of the Lamb. The book of life in Revelation chapter uh, 17 and verse 8, when we see this, it reminds you once again, those who dwell on the earth, that phrase, whose name has not been written in the book of the life from the foundation of the world, will wonder when they see the beast. You continually see this reminder that your name is to be in the book of life to go to heaven. Because remember, 
We've studied this earlier. Revelation 20, 15, 20 and verse 15 says, Whoever's name was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. So, the best way that I can tell you is this. When you are born, in innocence, since as we see in Deuteronomy chapter 1 and verse 39, that uh, parallel, that, uh, uh, would you say, symbolism of it, of heaven, promised land being heaven. It says, those who have no knowledge between good and evil get an automatic pass to be able to go into heaven because they're infants, they don't understand. So each person, that when you are born, you are in the book. When you reach the age, the season, I would say this, the season of accountability, where you do understand what rebellion is, and sin. Now you're accountable. And if you die and you do not make a decision to find salvation through Jesus Christ, your name would be blotted out. And that's what this is saying here. And this is what we're reading here on here. So if you are a believer and when you are, uh, when you are find uh, your birth. You, you come in a natural birth. You're an innocent one. You do not have the knowledge between good and evil. But then when you do become accountable, you do become a Christian. Well, then your names are retained in the book. But you're going to see here, this one here, it says that they are not in this book, which means that this is going to be a judgment against them. Their names have not been written in the book of the life and the Lamb from the foundation of the world. This is an absolutely powerful condemnation uh, on here. Now, we move on, and it tells us, well, now, if anybody has an ear, let him hear. So when we're seeing this, we're seeing something that is very, very clear that we're to perk up and understand this whenever we're watching this here. We're seeing all of these judgments there's something that we need to pay attention to. And it tells us here, he who leads into captivity shall go into captivity. He who kills with the sword must be killed with the sword. And then it goes on. Here's the patience and the faith of the saints. Well, what is this talking about here? When we're looking at this, you will see that retribution comes around. Those that are designing to make people suffer will face the suffering. Those who decide that they want to fight the Lord by killing his children are going to face death themselves. So we see that justice is being described here. If you want to have violence, you're facing violence. But I want to share something with you, which is very, very intriguing here, which adds depth to this rather than confusion. There is a presentation in some of the Greek manuscripts in there, one of the texts puts it out this way, this very passage in chapter 13, verse 10. If anybody is for captivity, then he is going. If anyone is for the sword, he must be killed. Now, this is referring to the believer. It's saying this, if you are destined, this is what this variation of this manuscript says, and it's something just to keep in mind, uh, whichever way it goes, it doesn't hurt the doctrine at all. But this also might fit into this passage. It says along this line in this particular text, it's saying this, if you are appointed 
to go into captivity. That's what will happen, believer. If you are appointed to be a martyr, by if you are appointed for the sword, that's the way you are going to be killed with the sword. And so it's saying this, you may be called to be a martyr. If that is so, then you understand that's what God has designated and you will be recognized as in Revelation chapter 6 verses 9 through 11, the martyrs were actually recognized for their faithful service and were given robes signifying such too. Very, very powerful when we see this uh, on here because whenever we see the fact is as we are standing for the Lord, whether we die by a natural death or by a violent one, we're to be faithful, as it says in Revelation chapter 2 and verse 10, and then we are faithful unto death, we'll receive a crown of life. It tells us then, this is the patience and faith of the saints. When it says this, this is talking about perseverance, that we will not give up even to the point of pain. We have patience, we continue in our trust in the Lord, and when we do, we can see this. When we follow the Lord, we can see, like in Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 12, you should be imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Faith, patience, this is what it's saying here. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 12 ties us into Revelation chapter 13 and verse 10. It's telling us that there's one thing that we should have in our faith is patience. These two go hand in hand. And I wonder about this even today when we do see a lot of very, very strange things going on in our world. But my question to you, are you patient in your service to the Lord? Do you compromise your testimony by putting something on social media or making a public statement or doing so? in which people are wondering, well, I thought, Christian, I know you're just, but why the, outla- the, the, the outburst and the lashing out in such a way that I, I'm, I don't know, I'm trying to understand, where are you coming from? In that, when we stand for the Lord and we don't seek any revenge because vengeance is the Lord's, we are showing a nonverbal testimony along with our verbal presentation of Jesus Christ. Patience and faith go together. I'm going to continue on here as we continue walking through the book of Revelation, chapter 13. I want to thank you for being with me. We kind of go through a very detailed part of this, and we're talking about the work of the Christians in times of persecution, especially those who have come to the faith during the tribulation on earth. Yes, people can be saved during that time of the tribulation, but it will be so hard on them as we've just seen. Thank, thank you very, very much for listening, and this is Brad Zockel. I appreciate so much all of your care and kindness. If you feel that you can help us in the construction of the finishing of our recording studio, or you think that that might be a chance that your donation would help me to travel to one of the churches, the places that cannot afford any other uh, type of speaker or service or anything like that, And as I go, then if you can help pay with the travel expenses or something along that line, it would be much appreciated. We are a 501c3 corporation, and you do receive a tax write-off. And it's just something. If you can't help in the financial way, then you can do a most amazing help in praying for me. 
as I head out and I'm going and reaching different churches. This summer, I'll be in Pennsylvania, Maryland, Alabama, Tennessee, South Carolina, and working on Texas right now as well as other places. And so please be in prayer. Some going around the country. Hey, take a look at our beta presentation of the website. We're still working on it. You can go take a sneak peek at theheaventour.com, theheaventour.com, and then take a look at the travel that I am doing uh, during the course of the next months, and also take a look at the Heaven Questions section. Throw in a keyword and get some video answers on maybe some questions you have. Take care. This is Brad, and Lord willing, we'll continue our talk on Revelation 13 in just um, as soon as I can get the next podcast out. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us this week on Questions About Heaven with Brad Zockel of the Zulon International Bible Institute. Be sure to visit our website, zulon.org, to learn more about our Bible ministry. That's X-U-L-O-N.org. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. And keep an eye out for our upcoming ebook, Questions About Heaven. Thanks, God bless you, and have a great day.